0: and welcome to Trek Freaks, a part of the Geek Freaks Network. In this podcast, we review episodes of Star Trek, starting with the original series. My name is John. and I'll be one of your hosts, joined by my good friend and co-host, Kevin.
1: Hey, and today we're talking about a great episode. We're talking about Season 1, Episode 28, The City on the Edge of Forever.
0: Yes, this was a especially good episode. We actually were supposed to have a special guest host today, too, but he uh, wasn't able to make the time, so... We'll save him for a later day, but this is a really good episode and we were excited to, you know, maybe have an extra person on here. Um, Any thoughts about the episode before we actually dive in? Yeah, this is one of those
1: episodes that I remembered liking from my original watch through of the original series 15, 16 years ago, whenever that was (laughs) when I first started watching it. So I was very much looking forward to finally being able to watch it again during this. I almost said playthrough during this watch through and be able to talk about it with you. And I got to say it held up,
0: right? Yeah, it was funny because I I don't think I've ever seen this episode before, but I was watching it uh, in segments because I was like trying to watch it on my lunch break and stuff and right. only watching like the first half or third of it or something like that. I was excited. I was like, oh, my God, this has got to be one of the best episodes I've seen. <laughs> and so I couldn't <laughs> wait to like go home and just rewatch the whole thing and do, do all the notes and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a this is going to be a good one. It was pretty cool. Yeah.
1: By TOS standards, it is very good by Star
0: Trek standards it is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's it's a good episode. All right, but before we dive into the warp speed recap, I got a question from you which was actually sent to us by Geek Explore Pod. Uh, the question is, can miners drink synthahol?
1: And miners drink synthahol. And more so should that's, they be able to,
0: <laughs> I think. See,
1: I guess that's the the moral conundrum of it. It's like if there's fake tobacco that you're not actually inhaling, I guess people try this with vaping back before found out how unhealthy that was too. <laughs> um that was probably discussed then, but synthahol, we've seen in Star Trek that it can still affect certain people. Mm-hmm. Uh 7 of 9 had like a glass of synthahol champagne on Voyager and she was fucking wasted. Yeah. <laughs> so, I it really depends. I think in most circumstances it'll probably be on a planet by planet basis where the laws are made, but I would say yes because it's it doesn't affect the like data says that most of the uh stuff inside synthahol doesn't affect you the same way you're normally not going to become incoherent or uh belligerent because of it Mm -hmm. and the whatever side effects you do get fade away very quickly compared to like full-on alcohol
0: yeah so the way it's made because it's synthetic it has a like built-in cap right so you can drink a gallon of the stuff, but it will still only give you that relaxed effect without the drunk potential effect, right? As right. far as I understand synthahol But anyways, uh, so I I don't I don't think I've ever seen kids in Star Trek drink synthahol um, minors. But uh, and I I don't know, it's a complicated question if you ask could you or should should you allow children to drink it? Because like you're saying, it won't get them drunk, it will just relax them. So I think it's a moral gray area, but I'd say probably no. Let's just not let kids get into, I don't know, uh, modifying their mood with substances yet at a young age. That's fair. Wait till you're an adult and, you know, then you can make those educated choices. But
1: it is. And we do know that in Star Trek, people still do have like actual alcohol. So synthahol could be an easy gateway for somebody that likes the effects and wants it to go. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. You're probably right. (laughs) I think you're on the right end of that.
0: Right, But it's a good question. At least, uh, got us talking for sure. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's jump into the warp speed recap. As the Enterprise flies through turbulent space, Spock determines that they are flying through ripples in time emanating from a nearby planet. They beam down to the surface and find a sentient time portal known as the Guardian of Forever. McCoy jumps through at a random time and somehow disrupts the past. Kirk and Spock must follow to try to correct what changes he made. They find themselves in the U.S. in 1930s. Uh, Waiting for Bones to arrive, they find work and begin to build a rudimentary computer in order to determine what changes Bones made to the timeline. Kirk falls in love with their sweet, smart, and attractive employer, Miss Keeler. Uh, Bones arrives unwell and receives care in uh, Edith Keeler's uh, homeless shelter. Spock is able to make a computer system and determines that the, uh, to correct the timeline, Edith Keeler, Keeler must die. Uh, on their way to a movie, Edith and Kirk are talking, and she mentions McCoy's name. Kirk, having been awaiting his arrival, nearly jumps. He rushes to find McCoy. As they reunite, Edith crosses the street to join them. Bones lunges to, to save her, but Kirk holds him back as Edith is hit by a large truck. Though devastated, uh, that did correct the timeline. They are able to return to their time and beam back to their ship. The Enterprise continues on to its next adventure. I gotta say, that was a hard recap to read because <laughs> there's like, I, I try to cram a lot of words in small sentences and it was very, very stumbling. It was a very,
1: the story, like, kept a solid pace throughout so trying to be as succinct as you were to fit that into one paragraph essentially it, that was a hard ask to do for this warp speed recap good job yeah
0: it feels like it was a longer episode than any other one but it wasn't it was the same time it's just they put so much into such a short amount of time is is uh, part of what made it a good episode is it was moving pretty fast i, I think
1: this watching this episode uh for trek freak specifically was the first time I didn't have to pause it halfway through to take a break. Yeah. Like by the time I was ready to take a break, I looked at the timer and there was 45 seconds left. Mm. So I'm like, holy crap, this episode's going by quickly. So they crammed a lot into a little well, 50 minutes, but they still crammed a lot of story into
0: it. Yeah. I think they did a good job and we'll, we'll do the scene by scene, but I think they did a good job how it is split up. A lot of episodes are split up where there's like, establishing what the problem is what their their setting is and everything which would be in this finding that that portal and then the second half is solving the problem which jumping through the portal and getting getting bones back pretty much and correcting the timeline but they made it seamless to where it didn't feel like a real boring slow story where you got to kind of get things started and establish the rules and then the fun adventure afterwards it was a very interesting you know development in the beginning and then you you know you jump through the portal and and like, oh wow, okay, they're in the thirties, like and it's more interesting, so they really got you hooked and kept you hooked throughout the episode,
1: yeah, for sure,
0: all right, let's go through our scene by scene, uh, so <laughs> in the beginning, there's a lot that that I didn't put in our recap, like uh, the reason bones jumped through the portal, uh but <laughs> we'll'll we'll elaborate on some of those uh in the beginning, they're on the bridge of the enterprise, and they're riding through these you know what they call rough seas or i'm pretty sure they mentioned called it that uh, but spock determines that it's ripples in time that are coming from a seem to be coming from a nearby planet uh through this turbulence they're having the ship gets damaged sulu gets hurt uh from i think it was an exploding console or something like that and yeah the
1: whole console lit on fire actually from that there you go which is some pretty pretty darn cool uh pyrotechnics in that scene i thought
0: yeah which i mean you would, I don't know. It's future technology. You'd think there's ways that panels don't just explode, but I think that's always been a Star Trek thing. Is
1: it definitely's
0: <laughs> always been a Star Trek thing. When yeah, things for go sure. down, there's no fuses in anything. It just blows. Yeah, but it makes it fun. Uh, but so since Sulu was hurt, Bones comes down and checks him out. Realizes he his heart is fluttering. I think he said, "He's like just a few drops of cordrazine should do the trick." So it's this really strong drug. Uh, and so yeah, he just gives him a few drops and his eyes open wide and he's like very alert. And it's kind of funny because uh Kirk was kind of second guessing him, like, oh, cordrazine, like or cordrazine. You sure you want to use that? And Bones turns back to him and says something like, uh, you were about to make a medical assessment or something. It's kind of yeah, kinda, you're about
1: to give me medical advice yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it's kind of a classic bones. Yeah.
0: That was that's pretty funny. But so then we see some more terribrents, and Bones ends up like pretty much falling into his uh Hyperspray and injects himself <laughs> with 100 doses more or less of this oh. drug and it, i mean that's it's not quite fatal but they've they've well i think i don't remember how they worded it but it'll make someone go crazy and so sure enough we see bones just goes full-on crazy right
1: yeah so i i watched this episode twice mm. and i watched it like a couple hours before recording this and my wife was in the room with me and my wife's a nurse mm-hmm. and I'm like, I knew it was coming. So I'm like, I turned to her. And I'm like, you're going to hate this next part. And Bones is just looking at the thing. and was like, oh, sta- <laughs> accidentally stabs himself <laughs> with it. And so apparently that is not something that doesn't happen. I figured that would be something that never happens. Yeah. But my wife actually knows somebody that did that Wow. or something very similar to it with something that was like not harmful. It just kind of made her nauseous for a few hours. Not my wife, but a, a, co-worker. a former coworker of my wife. Mm-hmm. She just had to go home for the rest of the day and sleep it off. But it apparently can happen wow. in real life. So the more you know,
0: <laughs> I'm thinking it's like, <laughs> you know, when you're handling a firearm, you always, you know, point the barrel away from yourself and away from other people right. aim at the ground. You'd think there'd be certain etiquette like that for a hypo spray or you know needles, like
1: especially in the twenty fourth century, twenty third century, where yeah, you you would think it's twenty third. And on, you'd think there would
0: be on a turbulent ship. There's got to be some <laughs> something. Especially when you have a hundred
1: doses of something <laughs> loaded up into one hypo. Yeah. You'd think
0: <laughs> yeah. But it wouldn't be as fun if he wasn't just going mad and running around the ship. Oh,
1: his acting. Yeah, we'll get to that. But oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So that was great. (laughs) So I noted here, too. You mentioned earlier, was kind of a funny note. Uh, The stimulant hit him like a pile of cocaine uh, and (laughs) he freaks out running around the bridge. So we see that Bones runs to the transporter room, incapacitates the transporter chief and beams himself down to that planet that was emanating the whatever you call it.
1: (laughs) When he knocked out that transporter chief, Mm -hmm. did you see he's like. Punch, punch, shop. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... I see. Blah, blah, blah. Right? He does like, like a really judo chest.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I even... I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I even put it in my notes too. I want to talk about it. Why do you think he was so good at that? We've never seen that before, but he's a very peaceful guy, very very passive. Well, he... Uh, like
1: we've said in a, a, an episode prior that he knows like how to hurt somebody, being the person that heals people. Yeah. He knows like where the spots are to attack, but... C- the cocaine like effects of the Mm cordrazine will just make him probably up his reaction timing and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, the combination of the knowledge and the drugs just made him a hyper weapon. Essentially.
0: (laughs) I agree. I'd like to see like him and Spock trying to like both, you know, take each other out with the, the, you know, Vulcan pressure pinch or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, all right. So yeah, he beams himself down. Uh, then, then, Kirk gets together in a way team and they beam down to follow him and try to find him. They know, you know, he's irrational, he's frantic, he's crazy, he's yelling, uh, murderers and stuff like that. Like he's super paranoid. Um, uh, so when they get to the planet, they walk up to these ruins that are in the area, you know, where he should be. And they see this big oblong kind of arch looking thing or ring, uh, and it has lights around it and stuff like that. So this is the portal that uh calls itself the guardian of forever. Um, uh, so it's like a sentient, it's a speaking half living, half mechanical, uh, portal that can show you anytime, uh, there, I guess, anytime of your people in your past. So he shows, uh, human, er, you know, yeah, earth's past. I, which kind of made me question, like, is it very generic that he would just show the past of earth and not like offer to show the past of, uh Vulcan for Spock's behalf because there's only yeah. the two the two of them I think at first talking to it. Uh so that was kind yeah. of funny. But... I,
1: I kind of thought the same thing too, but I think it was like just because it's an Earth ship yeah and the majority of the people there were from Earth. Even Spock is half from Earth. Mm. Oh that's so, that
0: is true. Yeah. So three quarters plus it's
1: <laughs> easier for the audience to relate to.
0: Yeah. But that'd be cool if they should, if they jumped into <laughs> Vulcan uh, history.
1: Do yeah, for sure. But we also do see not in this episode, but I'm not gonna spoil anything later on in Star Trek, Mm -hmm. this thing does make a reappearance. Oh, really? And it's it's not just this ring. Like Mm -hmm. they they expand on this in a a much more recent show. So (laughs) yeah, we'll get to that in about a decade. Nice. (laughs)
0: Uh how'd you like how it looked though? I thought the arch was like or the the portal was impressive, how the the design for it
1: yeah i kind of I like i think this makes the stargate look like dog shit like <laughs> it, it looks pretty cool like not being perfectly round mm-hmm. and like having jet ja- not jagged edges but like rounded like you said oblong mm-hmm. corners i guess to it and even the lighting looked okay on it like how it was glowing when the man was speaking or when the ring was speaking mm-hmm. how it like flash it was it was all really good i thought
0: yeah and so Spock says, you know, he has no way to explain it. And the Guardian seems to be smarter than them because he says that their understanding of science is, is primitive or something like that. Um, and then they do see Bones. He comes up. How do they say? Yeah, he, he's all frantic as he was on the ship. Uh, I said a cracked up Bones jumps through the gateway at a random time in human history. So he... Doesn't really know what it is, but he's trying to get away from everybody because he feels like someone's trying to kill him or he's super paranoid. So he jumps through at a random time. Uh, luckily, Spock had his tricorder out. He was scanning the, the portal as it was flipping through time, showing them options of, of Earth timelines they can jump into. And so uh, they were able to determine what time they would need to jump through because it repeats itself after it goes through the cycle, I guess. Um, they determine when Spock determines. When they would need to jump through the portal to get there just before Bones' time. So uh Kirk and Spock jump through at the same time. One thing that interests me that I think could be like a totally cool spin-off story at some point is before they jump through the portal, uh Kirk tells I think Scotty, Ahura, and whoever else was standing there with them, uh, he tells them, You guys are gonna have to try this too. You, the, because Bones jumped into the past and he changed time. There is no Starfleet all of a sudden. The Enterprise isn't up in the orbit. Uh their, you know, communications to headquarters uh, was lost. There's nobody out there. Like space travel m- might not have even be, be been developed uh because of that change that he made. So they're all by themselves. They have this time portal. They all just got to go back and whoever can fix the timeline will reset it to what it was. So it'd be really cool to see like a little one-off somewhere that shows what the other people did in the past. When they went back. Now, when when Kirk and Bones do later come back, those people are still there. So, I don't know how that works with the you know affecting the timeline thing. But
1: yeah, I think they kind of just ignored any possibility for time paradox mm-hmm. occurrences in general. I would also like to see that the alternate, uh like uh, I almost said, Sulu, uh, Uhura, and Scotty, or whoever else jumping through and trying to do the same thing if, uh, if Kirk and Spock were to have failed. Mm. What I really want to know as a hypothetical, though, if Bones didn't jump into the past and screw up the timeline, do you think that Kirk and maybe Spock or others would have jumped into the past anyway just to do it?
0: Because
1: mm. it looked like they were kind of considering using it before Bones even jumped into it. And where do you think they would have gone? Yeah, that's the big question. Or
0: when. Yeah, I don't think they would jump into the past just for fun, but if they... I kind of do. I don't know, yeah. I kind of think they would. I kind of think...
1: (laughs) James Kirk is a cowboy, essentially. I think he would have.
0: Yeah, but the risk of altering the timeline... I mean, he could effectively kill billions by, you know, just making a small change, by saving a woman's life, you know? For
1: sure. And that's why Spock would be like, all right, but well, I've got to come with you to keep you on a short leash. And it would have been a little bit humorous, but mm. I, I think that there could have been like a whole spinoff just from this one episode,
0: yeah.
1: like alternate timelines that or alternate universes where they explore alternate timeline. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's way too messy to think about. So but.
0: You could see one of those uh, variations of, of the timeline could have <laughs> been where like uh, a horror goes back you know, six hours or whatever to when they were on the ship and stops the hypo from getting injected into him so they don't have that (laughs) but they still have to deal with this portal that's emanating these, you know, waves. And so they beam down and study it. And then they decide to just jump into to to do research or something like that. Though I don't know if they would even jump into it because they're having issues. They're hitting hitting the turbulence from this this time portal. I think their goal would probably be to destroy it.
1: Or maybe uh Possibly, or they could, I, I, I honestly don't know, but my, my thinking now is a, a, a sequel or a spinoff to this episode, did you ever watch the episode of Community, where they roll the dice, They uh, Abed rolls a die, and there's like a different timeline for each number that the
0: die can land on? I think so, that sounds familiar, but it must have been like, I don't know, five or six years ago, right? Yeah, I want to see an episode like that, but it's a different number
1: land on the die, would mean a different character goes through the portal mm. and they would have their own separate story and they're just alternate timelines <laughs> that hopefully wouldn't create a darkest timeline like it did in community. But
0: oh man, I'm just
1: <laughs> uh, that sounds awesome. I want to write it now. Right? I, I should write that.
0: You should totally write it. We'll find somebody who's half decent with the uh, art and we'll make a comic out of it.
1: Or we can just voice act it here on the podcast.
0: Ooh, I like <laughs> we'll how you get, think. Like,
1: yeah. Just no accents or anything like that. Yeah. We'd have to <laughs> we'd have to just be ourselves,
0: I think. Oh man. That would be pretty awesome. Yeah. So okay, if you're listening, we want you to submit your uh concepts or ideas for what an episode like that would look like. That'd be great.
1: All the social links are down below in the description. Yeah. There you go.
0: Um, okay, gosh, where where was I in the notes? <laughs> yeah, Sorry. <laughs> that was a, a deep hole we went down. Uh, oh yeah. So bones jumps into the past, uh, Kirk and Spock determine what time to go and they jump in behind him. Uh, so when they, when they arrive in the past, the one, well, there's actually two, two things. I, I point out that I didn't care for in this episode, I think should have been changed. Uh, though it was a great episode. There's always going to be something to improve on when they appear coming from the portal. It's just them like transitioning into the scene. It's a like a smooth fade in. I think that would have been so much better if they just added a very simple, very cheap dry ice effect. Like a dry ice fog machine. Uh-oh. Because yeah. the portal has that that dry ice effect around it. So if you're coming out of that portal, even if you don't see the portal itself, some of that, that fog or smoke would come with you. I think that would have made it look a lot more believable and sci-fi-like.
1: And they probably wouldn't have had to use any... Special effects after the fact, anyway, because they could just done it practically and just faded it the way they did, anyway. Yeah, that's a really good idea.
0: Yeah. So that's good. When we do the the re the recuts, oh, <laughs> 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 we'll uh, Um, no. let's see. So right away they stand out like a sore thumb right there in their their Starfleet uniforms, and they're trying to kind of hide a little bit on the street and and turn away because people are like giving them the eye and like, what the heck's up with these guys? Uh, so Kirk steals some clothes off of a clothesline. Uh, but then right away they get caught by the, this police officer who's like, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? So he's gonna cuff him. I love this little <laughs> little, I don't know, trick they play on the cop with like, oh, it's so untidy for your wife to let you go out like that. And they're like looking at his shoulder. And he's like, Oh yeah, let me help you with that. And then uh Spock gives him the pinch and puts him out. Uh that was just it was just funny, playful.
1: Yeah, this is like I think the second time now that Spock has made a joke mm-hmm. because he did the oh there's a spider on your shoulder and gave someone a Vulcan nerve pinch before. So this is the second time that he's kind of used humor and his fingers as a weapon at the same time. It's it, I love it. Right. I'm
0: here for it. Start calling him comedian Spock. Oh, up. there we go. <laughs> um. So yeah, they they put him out and then they run off. This well, you know crowd starting to form, trying to see what they're doing and stuff like that. Um, and then they hide out in this they find an open door they go into it and they hide out in this uh what looks like a storage room i guess to put on their clothes but then edith keeler (laughs) finds them down there and she comes down like you know they, they seem like they're just homeless guys trying to either steal or hide um but then kirk explains to her that they actually did steal the clothes and they just needed a place to hide from the police which I thought that was kind of cool cuz at first she's like, "Well, lying is a real bad way to say hello." And then he's like, "Okay, you know, you can see right through me. Let me just be honest." And uh, Yeah, that's a
1: very smart way for Kirk to adapt to a situation. He like he he can read people. He's got that ability, so knows that lies with her are not going to get him anywhere. So telling the truth is a smart idea. Yeah. To some extent.
0: <laughs> um, and so she offers them a job uh since she obviously works she runs this uh, homeless shelter and so she tells them hey if you guys can clean you know clean down here in the then the basement at cellar or whatever um i'll pay you i think it was 15 cents an hour or something and so they do they they work for her and and she helps them find a place to sleep but right away kirk is in love i even noticed that the score in the background when he sees her it's that you know romantic sounds and, mm-hmm. and I, oh yeah he's he's liking this time this time like, um so one reason why they needed the, need a job too is uh the tricorder scanned the portal and I, I I didn't I didn't 100% understand this because it's not it doesn't track very well but either way <laughs> it, uh bon- or uh, Spock recorded the the portal with his tricorder and they need to determine exactly what was changed to uh, affect the timeline so they can correct it Now why I don't care for the fact, so, so they need to build a computer to interact with the, with the tricorder and, and get that information out of it. Right. What I don't like is nothing. I don't think anything changed between before they went through the portal and after yet, for some reason, before they went through, he was able to use it to determine what time they need to jump through. And yet now that they jump through and they're in the past, he can't get the information out of it that he needs. And I don't, I don't think anything changed. He didn't say it got damaged. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it's. I don't know. Like it when I was watching the episode, it made more sense than now when I'm thinking about it.
0: Mm-hmm. He said he needs to build a computer to to be able to determine what change to it analyze. Was. Yeah,
1: yeah. He to analyze the tricorder readings, mm-hmm. but he should be able. He he's got the information on the tricorder with the screen on the tricorder. Yeah, he shouldn't need anything to interpret anything i wouldn't think because yeah that's how they determined where in time to jump through the portal was by looking at the tricorder yeah so all the info was right there. yeah okay <laughs> that shit i don't like this episode anymore <laughs> <laughs> i know i hate to do that we analyze episodes and of
0: course we're going to pick them apart and find all the little <laughs> flaws that were tastefully covered up but um right. yeah that's just i mean the 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 tiny little thread that i try to use to to make it make sense is that maybe because he said that he was he was imaging the portal maybe to jump through the portal he just needed to see like a, an image like the flat like video of what the portal was presenting to them but what it presents and like all of the effects that happened in that time are two different things so maybe the data that it records includes you know the events of history which would be a ton of data Versus the image that it's showing, which is just a glimpse, a snapshot of history. So maybe with a snapshot, he could determine what time to jump, but he can't determine what happens in that time. Does that make sense? I think I got you. Uh, I think I'm with I you. I know. I'm using a lot of words. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm talking so
1: much. <laughs> How dare you talk with words, man? I know. Not a podcast or something.
0: <laughs> um, okay. So anyways, all of that to say they need to build a rudimentary computer. And, which is a huge challenge. It's kind of funny because, uh, Kirk kind of challenges bones saying that, you know, like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know if you would be able to even build something like that and it challenges. Spock. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You're right. It's back. Um, <laughs> and so he kind of entices him to try to build one and there's like no technology. They have, um, vacuum tubes, vacuum tube, like transistors, and they don't have any of the like platinum or any of the metals that he needs. And. So he's having a real hard time. He spends, I think 30 hours constructing just the first, you know, computer that they are able to use for a short period.
1: Using stone knives and bear skins <laughs> yes. as Spock put it. I love
0: that. <laughs> um, okay. So I got lost in my notes again, but uh, <laughs> I see bones. So bones does arrive um, after they've, they've been working and they've been trying to save money. He arrives in that time and he's still crazy. Cause he, he's, For him, it was just a a moment's time that passed. Uh, He tries to, like, approach this uh, homeless guy, and he freaks out. But then Bones, while kind of talking to him, kind of ranting, collapses. And this poor homeless guy, the, I think, only casualty in the episode, takes his phaser and, like, accidentally phasers himself, right? Or was that, or did he, like, teleport himself somewhere?
1: No, yeah, he definitely disintegrated himself. Yeah. But okay. uh, as we learn from the Guardian of Forever, once they come back, the, the timeline is fixed. Yeah, then it's as if they never went there to begin with. So I would think that that timeline would. I, I, I don't know. By the logic of the episode, it sounds like that whole timeline shouldn't have ever changed to begin with either. Oh. But I, I don't know. He's probably just dead. But you also <laughs> did. You probably. Uh, you also did skip the part where when he got the computer working. Spot got a glimpse of like what he actually got the glimpse of. Oh yeah. Was uh, if you yeah. Tara, oh, no, no, go you ahead. That. You can explain it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh he gets a glimpse of uh the fact that Edith Keeler died in a traffic accident.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah.
1: At th- at that point and he's trying to figure out if that was actually the how the timeline's supposed to be or if that's how the timeline changed. Yeah. And then the doctor that's, All that stuff happens. That's right. Yeah,
0: so they only had the computer working for like a few minutes because it's overloaded circuits and stuff like that. But yeah, they're able to see that she dies in a traffic accident. And then Kirk is asking Bones, like, wait a minute. So does is she supposed to die or does that what we changed that she did die? She wasn't supposed to, and he's already smitten. He's fallen in love. So he's like really hoping she's not supposed to die and that he can save her.
1: The other option was that she becomes like a bigwig with the president and is, yeah. Yeah, like the the other headline says instead of an obituary it's FDR has Edith Keeler as like some peacekeeping something or other. Yeah. That was the other. And they start this, news this article. big
0: global like peace movement and all this stuff like passivism and everything. Uh but yeah, that we see that doesn't work out. Um <laughs> So I was wondering with that with the homeless guy that phased it himself cuz that I think that's another open thread right there. It would be interesting to see like a little spinoff episode or teaser or something like that where it shows, oh, he was, you know, supposed to do all these things. And now with him, he's just one homeless guy that probably didn't have any future. But it'd be interesting to see, like, what him dying, because I like Back to the Future's time travel and how much (laughs) every little thing messes something up. The butterfly effect, yeah. yeah. So it'd be funny to see, like, what changed because he died. I'm just going to say, in
1: my mind, a cop walked in on him stealing that bottle of milk. Uh Uh-huh. The guy ran from the, the police officer, tripped, hit his head, and died anyway. Mm-hmm. In
0: my mind, that's how the story went. So he was, <laughs> <His> <laughs> homeless destiny. man has to die. Yeah. You, so I didn't understand in the story why they, they put that scene in. That seems like an easy one to edit out if you're looking for space, right? I mean. Uh, why he, they had him kill himself? Yeah, with the phaser and everything. It, it was. I think it was because
1: in the scene prior with McCoy, he had a phaser with him, and they were trying to get the phaser off of him going forward. so that he wouldn't use it for something. Yeah, that makes. that's how I took it. Yeah,
0: because it destroys the phaser with him. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Which shouldn't
1: happen, I wouldn't think. Yeah,
0: you would think that would detonate in a a phaser, right? A huge explosion that could take out like a half a planet or something.
1: It also seems way, way, way too easy to accidentally destroy yourself with a phaser. True. Those Mark 1 phasers or whatever they're called, the Type (laughs) 1. uh, he like turned the volume up on his little remote and it just boom (laughs) disintegrates like what if you
0: think it's your your view screen volume controller has to have a big cone on it like a dog when they chew on themselves so (laughs) it's only face it forward or like you have
1: like two keyholes and you have to have two different officers at the same time turning the key to be able to (laughs) explode it or something get
0: over here we gotta shoot this guy (laughs) 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 Uh,
1: that'd be great Man, that's a lot of rabbit holes for this episode. Uh, it's a good episode.
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, so uh, Bones wakes up and he wanders into Edith's uh, shelter, and then she takes him in. She sees he's he's just a hot mess, so she's like, "Oh, come with me. There's a a cot in the back. You know, nobody will get you there because he's still paranoid." And so she lays him down to rest and heal up and get better.
1: This is uh, McCoy. Another great McCoy line. He says, I don't believe in you or something <laughs> like, like, I don't believe in you, like saying that he doesn't think that she exists, that he's hallucinating her.
0: Yeah. And he, I should have, I should have put his lines in here cause he has some of the best, but, um, he said something like the practical question would be, where am I? But, but I'm not going to ask that. Yeah. I'm not going to ask that <laughs> yeah. because the answer is either going to, either going to be, was that a lie or prove that I'm delusional or something like that?
1: Yeah. 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 Well, yeah
0: that's pretty good. <laughs>
1: Great self-awareness for a doctor. I mean, you would think that a doctor would be the most self-aware in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, awesome.
0: Yeah, so uh, after this we see Spock is able to get his computer working again, which was a surprise because he said it took him 30 hours to build the first one and that it would probably take more to, to repair it at this point. But either way, he's able to get it working. Um, and so he determines with that 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 Edith must die to correct the timeline. That if she lives... Yeah. Uh, she, you know, works with the government with the like the president, you know, like you were saying, and they do this uh, this peaceful like revolution, and then they don't get involved in World War II, and therefore Nazi Germany just rolls over everyone else and wins, and
1: essentially they create the A bomb first, yeah, that's and it use it, and then roll over the rest of the world because the United States was on a peace mission rather than getting involved in World War II. Yeah. Even after Pearl Harbor essentially.
0: They played what? Switzerland? Are they the ones that stayed neutral?
1: Yeah, yeah, That's yeah.
0: It. I know there's a <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um let's see. So Edith gets to know Bones a little bit. They uh talk a little while he's healing and stuff, which is like we're saying, some good one liners, especially. Um one problem I did have I got to stop pointing out all the bad all the problems I have. No, never <sighs> stop that. That's great. It, I love it. It kills me cuz I love Star Trek, but it seems like all I do on these episodes is talk about the bad things that I noticed or the you know mistakes <laughs> and stuff I've seen. So when he's laying in bed and he's getting and he's like sitting up talking to her and stuff, like that, there's a couple like hard cuts in the footage where all of a sudden his head is like facing the other direction or you know huh. it's just it's like they messed up in the editing room or something or maybe there was lines he was saying that they just needed to cut out, but there was no easy way to cut from him sitting this way to sitting that way, so they just did it the rough cut. But yeah, that I, that kind of stuff, it's it's
1: weird when I notice it and when I don't. Mm-hmm. In an episode like this, you would think that the the minor bad stuff would stand out in such a an overall good episode, mm-hmm. whereas with the Lazarus episode last time we were here, it was. Every single thing was something negative. It was hard to find like the, the more positive things. You'd think in such a good episode, it would be easier to find the bad things, but I didn't notice any of that, like the weird cuts with the head changing angles. Yeah. I didn't notice it at all. Okay.
0: It was just like a couple little clips, like a couple little hard cuts, but I noticed it the first time and I was like, oh, maybe that's just a little bit of lag. I think the first time I watched it on my phone and then the second time I was on my computer and I was like, oh, no, that wasn't lag. <laughs> I was just. Pretty- I had some.
1: I did have some lag when I was watching this episode. Maybe I did notice it and thought it was lag too. Yeah.
0: That's what originally that's what I just kind of oh yeah, it must be a little clip from lagging, but
1: something else I noticed though, when I watched this on my PC like 3 weeks ago originally, mm-hmm. it didn't look anywhere near as good as when I just watched it today on my TV. Oh, really? And both screens are 1080p. Like I don't have 4K screens or anything. But it looked like when I was watching it on my PC, It looked like I was watching the old version of it. My TV was playing the remaster or something.
0: But you log into your your, uh, Paramount
1: Paramount Plus account. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was, but it looked like the frame rate was different. The planet looked significantly better. There was no film grain over it when I was watching it on my TV. It looked like something that was just shot like in the 90s rather than in the 60s. It's it's so weird. I don't know if my TV upconverts things yeah. or if my Roku device kind of upconverts things and my PC just plays it straight as is. But that's not an analy- an analysis of the episode though.
0: No, that's interesting <laughs> though. cuz I I kind of want to I don't know how to watch the old and the new. Like, I mean, I just watch it on Paramount Plus, but but uh but yeah, I would like to be able to watch the old episodes and the new to be able to to see the difference in the remaster cuz there's I mean, obviously a lot of stuff that they've improved on. Um but it'd be kind of cool to see him. So whatever you figured out, I like it. I would, I would try to do that. For, <laughs> if you're going to watch it twice, watch it both ways.
1: Yeah. That's a great way to do it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, okay. So after this, uh, you know, Edith, yeah. Talks to bones. He's feeling a lot better. Um, I did kind of yada, yada a lot of my notes too. So sorry. I, I rolled through it fast. Uh, but then we see uh, Kirk and Edith are going for a walk. Cause they're, they're walking to the theater to watch a movie and uh that was another one i don't remember the actor's name but edith t- i don't either yeah telling bones oh, i'm gonna see a so-and-so flick or, or film or whatever and he's like who? and she's like you don't know this guy and she's like well i know what a movie is but i don't know i don't know who you're talking about and she's like that's really strange <laughs> like that you don't know this famous actor or something yeah.
1: be like today going like i'm gonna watch the new tom holland movie yeah and somebody went who <laughs> or <laughs> the new marvel movie or something yeah, yeah. Just something that everybody apparently knows. Tom
0: Hanks. Yeah.
1: Tom Hanks would be a better than Tom Holland, but if I just said Tom Holland because he's in like two of the top three movies right now. Yeah. So oh,
0: gosh. He is good too. It's awesome yeah. to see that next generation of uh, great actors coming up. <laughs> but anyway, so they're going to see a good movie. <laughs> uh so Edith mentions McCoy's name when she's talking to Kirk. Right, they're walking down the street, and I don't remember exactly what she said, but something about McCoy. She
1: says, "Oh, is she?" They were walking out of the mission, and she says, "Hey, if we hurry up, we can get to see the the so and so guy movie." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "The who?" Yeah. And He's like, "That's what that's what uh, Doctor McCoy said too."
0: Oh yeah, and so then uh, Kirk is like, "Wait, McCoy? You know McCoy?" And then she's like, "Oh yeah, he's he's in the, staying in the mission right now." And then so Kirk like goes, he's all excited and goes running. Like he needs to find him right now. Like, sorry, I can't wait till after the movie. Our date is going to have to stop right here, which is very rude. (laughs) But, uh, but he knows how sick he was last time he saw him too. So he assumes probably he's still in that frantic state that he was. Uh, So he reunites with McCoy Like he runs across the street and, and McCoy happens to be walking out the front door of the mission as well. Uh, And I don't see where Spock came from, but he runs up at some point. (laughs) So. They, all three of them meet up in front of the mission at the front door and they're all hugging and excited to see each other. Well Edith, seeing all three of them together, goes across the street to meet with them to you know, talk with them or whatever and uh, as she's walking, McCoy tries, sees her and tries to run to save her but Kirk holds him back as a truck just runs into her. Doesn't barrel over her but stops as it hits her so she dies. We don't see uh, much graphic but I, I kind of like to, in that scene... I'm sorry, I ramble a lot. <laughs> in that scene, um, Bones is telling Kirk, like, don't you know what you just did? And Spock says, yeah, he, he knows. And Kirk can't even look in that direction. He's just trying to like look away and pretend it didn't happen. Be- yeah. it, but with just cause, I mean, this is going to affect the timeline and kill billions. So it, it needs to happen. It was supposed to happen. It already happened in a different time. Uh, but yeah, that was a pretty traumatic scene for poor kirk so in most tv
1: shows i don't like it when they don't show something significant happen Mm -hmm. but they instead show it by the reaction on on the faces of the people nearby Mm -hmm. in this case it was probably the most effective i've ever seen it done yeah because spock standing by being the logical mind that he is watching it happen with a blank face relatively Mm -hmm. mccoy being like Angry, like why are you holding me back? And Kirk not being able, as you mentioned, to not being able to look at her getting hit mm-hmm. while knowing what happened and that he had to do it. Those three different reactions to the same thing happening that hit me, man. Like the first time <laughs> I rewatched it, I knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I I started to well up a little bit. I'm not going to lie; like it was emotional.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a hard one. And so my question to you, because the whole time paradox thing is or you know the timeline thing is interesting would she have been hit by the same truck if none of them were there i don't i really don't, I don't know. know like or is this just a this coincidence like it would have been a totally different you know car accident situation but this just happened to be the one that came to be or does does time like the same time has um uh, travels Eddie's like water and, yeah and so yeah. maybe time wanted to kind of correct its course and go back to how it should have been so a truck happened to barrel in her direction even though you know, a different one and stuff.
1: There were definitely a lot of conveniences in this episode to kind of make room for the plot, Mm -hmm. which I, I, I've mentioned on almost every episode recently that I'm a big Stargate fan and they do that a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's one episode of Stargate where they even talk about it as something that Stargate does. called hanging a lantern on it when something's just there and they mention it so that the audience doesn't say, Oh, that was convenient just by (laughs) having somebody in the, on the show say oh that was convenient yeah this show kind of did that too to some extent Mm -hmm. this episode did of star
0: trek yeah so after i mean it kind of wraps up real quick after that we see that in a lot of episodes but after that they we see them on the planet's surface where the portal was returning through the portal we don't see them on earth jumping into it to come back which was interesting to me uh because i was wondering like how how do they get back? Like what where, where does the does the portal appear somewhere? Uh does it hit a button some yeah, you know, like uh so, <laughs> so I assume when they corrected the timeline because they said that's what they were going through it to do, that the portal would appear to them and they jump back.
1: I I kind of wanted to see them like actually jumping out the other side, mm-hmm. like as if they had never left and they just jumped through the ring oh. like from the front to the back. Yeah. But they didn't do that. They jumped back out. Maybe it was that, but they jumped in and like mirrored back out the same way they jumped in. Mm-hmm. That's how I took it. But yeah, because if they ha- they still had the memories of what, of everything, though, so that kind of would lead credence to that not happening. So
0: yeah, I don't know. But I like what you say, like if they because like, like the gateway says if they corrected the timeline or no, like you were saying earlier, if they correct the timeline, then nothing would have happened in the past. No changes would have been made. Um. Uh,
1: well, they said that he said that nothing. would Oh, yeah. OK, you corrected. Yeah. yeah. He the gate said that nothing would change in the future. I posited that maybe nothing would have changed in the past.
0: Yeah. 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 He said all things are as they were or something like that. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So we have to assume by them not changing the future drastically, that made it to where they didn't go back in the past and change the past in small touches. Right.
1: Be. yeah there was no nexus event to create an altered uh, a timeline for the tva to prune there you go <laughs> Essentially, exactly. it, was, yeah. it wasn't enough of an alteration for variants to <laughs> to happen
0: <laughs> it's so complicated i love time <laughs> travel but it is uh, so one thing i want someday I, we got to do an episode just talking about time travel and different variations of it and stuff uh because I, i've I, i'm sure i've de- debated with someone about this before but um i think frank we've talked about it before that time travel, uh, people debate like, oh, it would work like this or it would work like that. It would follow these certain rules or those rules. I think the best way to explain how time travel would work is it's based on the device or the machine or the system that you're using to travel through time. So if you want the past to be put in your future or you want to be, you know, you put in the past, but you can't affect it, you know, it all just depends on what machine or system you're using to travel through time.
1: I like that approach to it. I don't know if any TV show or movie would ever go that way because mm-hmm. every TV show, every movie likes to have their own rules yeah. to time travel and that they can't break those rules. Yeah, because they always Star- have
0: one method of time travel. We get to see all the right. shows, so we see all the different methods. But
1: right, exactly. Yeah. Imagine- Star Trek's a little different, though, because they do break their own rules quite often because they don't establish them until like way later on.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool, though, if there was a time travel show where they you know, visit all the different versions of time travel and compare like what's the best, best method or something like that. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Uh, yeah.
1: Anyway, that was a great
0: episode. Yeah. yeah. It <laughs> was a, a messy recap. My apologies. That
1: I feel like this episode of Trek freaks was just like the, uh, this episode of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like I can't believe we've been in here talking about it for like 40 over forty-five minutes now, it feels like we just started. Yeah, it was, a, and that's exactly what I felt like when I watched the episode. Yeah,
0: it was a lot of story, but I I did do kind of like, you know, speed through a lot of their relationship building and the 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 stuff in the homeless shelter where Spock and Bones are just kind of working and making money. So, what did you rate this episode? Um, I'm gonna give it
1: just an A. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say an A plus because normally because it is probably the best episode of the original series i'd have i will see when we get through the next two seasons but i don't know if there is any a plus episode of <laughs> the original series but as far as this show goes mm-hmm. especially within the context of the rest of the episodes we've talked about on Trek Freaks it's definitely the my favorite one to watch in a bubble like by itself mm-hmm. it is a good solid story good pacing um Great storytelling, like Kirk and Edith, and Edith Keeler, just the way that they fall for each other. And then you find out slowly what has to happen and how Kirk is rea- reacting to it along the episode. Mm-hmm. It was a strong Kirk episode, which most are. But this one actually had a lot of depth to his character, not just I'm space cowboy James T. Kirk. Yeah. I I get to kiss the women and kill the men. That mm-hmm. it, it, it was there was a lot more to it than that. Yeah, so I liked it a lot. I'm gonna give it an A. Nice.
0: I give it an A minus, but along the same lines. I mean, it had really good pacing, had a fun story. I love time travel, and it had a little romance, which was nice. It was doesn't have to be too much. Um, <clears throat> though, like talking about uh Kirk being space cowboy and stuff. That's one thing I don't care for. Is it's like in every situation where they go somewhere or he interacts with a woman of pretty much from anywhere he falls in love or she falls in love with him or there's got to be some kind of like either romance or attraction between between them but he's set and you know he's said before or kind of set his policy before that you know he is in love with his ship and he has to you know only put the enterprise above everyone else so he can't really be in any kind of long-term relationship he could be in a short-term relationship. Maybe that's all he's looking for, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of funny or, I don't know, not so funny, but kind of annoying that they always put him to be the romantic one in a relationship when that just can't be. So I'd like it to be like, let's pick somebody else. Let's have, you know, Sulu is the one who's falling in love with the wrong girl every other week or something like that. It's okay. <laughs> um, romance
1: is just an easy way to raise the stakes quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's an easy go-to for a TV show when you're telling one a whole story in less than an hour.
0: Yeah.
1: So adds, I, I'll I'll give him a little leeway for that.
0: Adds a lot of emotional weight to it.
1: Right. Yeah. And with uh the the ship not around because it's, you know, 200 300 years in the future, mm-hmm. um there is no other love interest for Kurt That's true. in that timeline. So- but he should know that his whole goal there is to fix the timeline regardless of Edith Keeler whether or not she had to die it shouldn't matter he knew he was there for a short period of time hopefully if all went according to plan and to just not
0: fall for the girl yeah and though, <laughs> but, though it was hard that's eventually what his decision was like he decided not to save her but right it's a hard one to make and now imagine the situation if that portal didn't reappear if she died behind him and he's with the guys and then they realize, wait, that wasn't what we needed to do to correct the timeline, oh, and they're still stuck there, like, ah, oh, Spock was wrong, their computer didn't work, they don't really have a technology, that's, that'd be a crazy that, twist ending.
1: That's the darkest timeline <laughs> yeah. for that, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Kirk ends up being mad, turns out darker than or uh, Mirror Universe, Kirk. Oh, right. oh, man, I can't wait to talk about that.
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs> and so, yeah, instead of Edith turning, you know, Earth into peace, he from the future, with all his knowledge of the future, decides, okay, if I'm gonna live here, I'm gonna, you know, make this my paradise. And he leads to power and becomes a president ruling and and but then sp- And he creates the, the mirror universe. Oh maybe. <laughs> if this time that timeline becomes the mirror universe. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh man, I think we
1: just made it. I think <laughs> I think that's the story we gotta write. I think that's but it. But
0: he'd be a few hundred years old old once they got to space travel, right?
1: Oh, but he yeah, he, he wouldn't have to be the one to lead it by that point. Yeah. He could pass on his knowledge to, uh, you know, the next generation, generation, yeah, that's essentially.
0: Bitterkirk Kirk change the world. That'd be cool.
1: <laughs> I did want to mention, because I brought it up earlier, DeForest Kelly's acting, especially while like whacked out on Cordrazine yeah. was pretty darn good. He, uh, um, he is good. He He's really good. Uh, the, the one-liners that he's given are great, mm-hmm. so the, the writing is great for him anyway, for Bones as a character, but DeForest Kelly as an actor, it, we've seen his acting chops in this show, yeah. and this episode is another great example of it, so
0: I'm here for it. I like it. Uh, did you find a good moral or message in the story? Um, That one's a little hard, yeah. because
1: according to the, the writer of the original script of this episode, what aired... Was a butchered version of what he originally wrote. Oh, really? Okay. He hated this episode and how much praise it got mm-hmm. because it wasn't near what he had originally envisioned for the episode. So,
0: are those original scripts somewhere? I don't know. That would be so cool to see what he originally planned on the story being. Oh. Yeah so
1: this this was the first episode of Star Trek to win the Hugo Award. It also it won a bunch of awards, mm-hmm. um, and he was the one that accepted the awards for the most part. And I've read this on an article on vox.com. You could look it up. Um, It's yeah, it's, I don't know what the, the moral of the story is. I think it was just a story that wanted some, some high stakes and to have an emotional impact and to, to make you, to hit you in the feels rather than make you think.
0: Yeah. I really struggled. I couldn't really find a good moral message. The semi-comical one I had is, uh, take caution when handling a hypo spray, because <laughs> yeah, no doubt. He, I mean, obviously that was the cause that got them thrown in time. But really, even if he didn't, you know, get injected with that stuff, they still were going to go investigate, find the portal, and probably go through time anyways. But yeah, that was that was bad. Uh, the deeper meaning, if I have to pick one out that actually means anything though, is I think Kirk falling in love with Edith though it was a sweet romance and she was, you know, a really great person and stuff like that it was uh taking him off of his course and kind of blinding him to his mission that he was trying to to do which was really going to save millions or billions or whatever of people so uh like maybe don't let your emotions get in the way of you know logic or something that you know has to be done more or less
1: see i thought i kind of thought that too a little bit but the thing that made me not write that down Mm -hmm. was that this whole show, Star Trek, was like a protest to war. Yeah. And which is, you know, more about going with your emotions and what is right. Yeah. Or what you think is right rather than not that war is logical because it is not, Mm -hmm. but protesting war is definitely emotional. Yeah. So
0: I And that could go back to the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Saving Edith is one one of the few also Kirk's real romantic interest in her is one of the few. So to have to sacrifice his potential love and her life to save millions is that kind of struggle that they deal with all the time. Nice. So I don't know. (laughs) It was a hard one really. When I I watched it, I was like, Oh, that's a really good episode. And then I'm looking at my notes, like moral and message is like, Oh crap. I don't know. There wasn't much. It was a good episode, but I don't know what they were trying to say. (laughs) But that was fun. The fun one to watch. Uh, Now, do you think if you want to try to get someone hooked on Star Trek, you think this is a good episode to to lead them to in the original series?
1: I honestly don't know. My wife did not. She's not seen any of the original series. And she started watching this episode with me. Mm -hmm. And then she missed the end. Yeah. And she didn't care that she missed the end. Uh, So I'm going to say no. Yeah. And she's a Doctor Who fan. She can get down with some cheesy sci-fi. Yeah. And yeah, they, I. it really depends on the person. Like if they're into to romance mm-hmm. stories or like logic versus emotion as a concept, then yes, for sure. If they're into pure sci fi, probably not.
0: Yeah. Maybe maybe in our uh, season recap, we'll have to pick out a couple episodes that would be, you know, if you want to get someone hooked, these are the couple from season one that you should try. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. All right, and all of you listening, if you have suggestions of what episodes got you hooked from season one, let us know. We'd like to like to hear it all. Uh, but at that, uh, since I, you have anything else uh, on that episode before we wrap it up? No, I, I, we
1: got one episode left of the season next week. We're going to be talking about that, and that's season one, episode twenty nine, Operation
0: Annihilate. Yes, can't wait. All right, thank you all for joining us. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to follow us and subscribe. Uh, Check us out on geekfreakspodcast.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, We're on TikTok a little bit, though. I'm very bad at that. But Geek Freak's podcast is on there actively. (laughs) Uh, Send in your questions. We'd love to read your questions at the beginning of the episode, or if you just have a general question about us or what we do, we'd be happy to talk to you about it. Uh, And join us next week when we review season one, episode 29, Operation Annihilate.
1: And until that season finale, Transporter Room, two to beam out.